0: Now, when I was 15 years old, I had a very important person in my life come to me and say, who's your hero? And I said, I don't know, I gotta think about that. Give me a couple of weeks. I come back two weeks later, this person comes up and says, who's your hero? I said, I thought about it. You know who it is? I said, it's me in 10 years. So I turned 25 10 years later. That same person comes to me and goes, so are you a hero? And I was like, not even close. No, no, no. She said, why? I said, because my hero is me at 35. So you see every day every week every month and every year of my life my hero's always 10 years away i'm never going to be my hero i'm not going to attain that i know i'm not and that's just fine with me because that keeps me with somebody to keep on chasing so any of us whatever those things are whatever it is we look up to whatever it is we look forward to and whoever it is we're chasing to that i say amen to that i say all right all right all right so what you just watched was the acceptance speech uh, by Matthew McConaughey for his work in Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, I think that was made in uh, around 2010, and it, it has stuck with me, and I think I watched it by happenstance in real time, and I remember watching that and realizing that there was a lot more to Matthew McConaughey than, than one might think. And this was many years down the line from when he first started. He started in the early 90s, um, straight out of college. What's funny is his first words that he ever mentioned on screen, it doesn't happen in in the chronological order that it happens in the movie, but the first words that he ever uttered that were recorded were probably some of his most famous. The, all right, all right, all right, was his first line he ever said, and it wasn't a part of the script. He was having a mental checklist in his head of, What does this character love? He loves his car. He's got his his 70s, whatever it was, Camaro. It was a a hot rod. He likes his weed. There's weed in the car with him. His two buddies that he's riding with have it. Um, He likes rock. There's a rock song playing as he pulls up. And he's about to go for the fourth thing that he really loves, and that's women. So as he's rolling up, he says, all right, all right, all right. But as far as the book that I'm... Covering it's um, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Uh, as always, I take off the jacket. It was like a half jacket that had his face on it, looking off into the distance. And uh, well, I, I think Matthew McConaughey is a very handsome man. It was it was not something that I was particularly interested in keeping. As always, I took it off. So still a pretty cool design. Um, it's called Green Lights. Just keep living as one of the. J k Levin was a recording album or recording uh label that he had and I think he i mean every new venture that he he starts has some form of just keep living as as his moniker i guess so that's the book we're covering um this is one of the rare books that I would say would be great as an audiobook because he is the one that that narrates it uh so I'd be really interested to hear about that from him. And throughout this book, Matthew McConaughey does this <laughs> he he's just a wild person and and I I tend to think that a lot of celebrities do end up being a little bit wild, but he was wild even in his youth. And it's it was because of his upbringing. So like some of the things that he mentions in this book, uh his dad went out the way that he the exact way that he wanted to. Um doing the thing he loved most. His wife, he, his dad died during sex from a heart attack. Uh, there was another instance in the book where he's describing, uh, he went on a 36-hour bender after University of Texas at Austin beat the then-undefeated Nebraska Cornhu- Cornhuskers 24-20. And that bender that he went on after ending with him playing bongos at 2.36 a.m. in his apartment smoking weed off a one-hitter. And how the cop's uh, busted in and arrested him. And while he's going down this narrow alley towards the, the police car, uh, he's got his hands cuffed behind his back. <laughs> in this stupor that he's put himself in, he's like, I can get out of this. And he tries to, in his mind, he pictures doing like a Spider-Man-esque somersault where he cl- use, uses his legs to climb up the two walls on either side of him and does a flip And then while he's doing the flip, he plans on bringing his hands underneath his legs and out in front of him so that he can escape. Uh, Of course, that didn't go very well for him. And then another thing that he keeps mentioning, just to solidify how how strange of a person he is, he kept having this wet dream. And it wasn't about a wet dream that you would expect. It was him floating down this river, the Amazon River, actually. But it was in Africa, and, and the banks of the river were lined by African tribesmen and it actually drove him to to a lot of different experiences uh when he had the wet dream the first time he went actually to the amazon river and he did it in a really cool way taking days and several different modes of travel to get there relying on the local the locals and i thought that was really cool and then he had the wet dream again 5 years later and that took him to africa and there was a totally different really cool experience that he had from that so um well i i don't remember having a wet dream recently, and he was in like his 30s when this was happening, so it wasn't like he was still a young child, you know, going through those changes. So it was, I haven't had any of those, but maybe I should start trying. A brief overview of how I see this happening from here on out is I'm not going to detail everything about the book. I think I kind of belabor the point sometimes, um, and so what I'm, what I'm going to do from here on out is themes or, or things that I, I draw away from it that if I were to watch this video in the future, I would want to remember these things. And so for green lights, I've come up with seven different points. Um, one, timing is everything. Oftentimes when things go wrong, we tend to blame ourselves or, or someone else, another person. that failure but really it's the circumstances and the circumstances are so chaotic that we couldn't possibly attribute that failure or that success even to just ourselves or just one other person it's it's a myriad of things that that go in go into whether you're successful or a failure at what you're going after and and it's kind of i mean there's there's concepts scientific concepts like entropy where the the galaxy is progressively getting more chaotic. It's not getting closer towards order, it's getting more chaotic and it can be expressed in mathematical terms. So it's, it's not like I'm... This is just being made up and it's not like Matthew McConaughey had one too many hits off that one hitter before he said something that drove this thought about timing is everything. Just learn to put yourself in the position that you think will best help you succeed and has the most you can do. And I think people our age get hung up on that failure and why it happened when there's no possible way that you can explain it perfectly. Matthew McConaughey goes on to tell a story about how he switched vehicles his senior year of high school. He used to have this kind of beat up small dodge pickup truck that he had stalled a loudspeaker in and he'd holler at women from it in the parking lot he'd 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 sit in it and you know spit game to these women, and it would work, and in his senior year, he decided, he got caught up going to a used car dealership or something, and he bought a 350ZT top, candy apple red, and he thought, oh man, I am surely going to be successful from here on out, in everything that I choose to do with these women, because now I've got the hot rod to match, and instead of that happening, the the exact opposite happened, the women lost interest in him, and he was like, how could this possibly be? And he lost his truck. He, he stopped putting the effort, the hustle, the mudding, and, and the megaphone. He, he quit all that and tried to look cool. And he lost his uniqueness in doing so. He lost his, what made him fun because he was trying to be so cool. And so I think the point here is embrace your uniqueness. Whatever it is that you offer, whatever it is that you are, that's uniquely something that you can provide for others. And so you need to embrace that uniqueness. I have often been told that I'm pretty strange. Um, In the way I think, in the way I act, I'm goofy, whatever, what have you. And that's me. And I I can't be like anyone else. I'm not going to do it as well as them. I'm going to do me the best. So I'm going to continue to try to do that. And I think that's the point he's trying to make here is he lost what made him so fun, and that was his uniqueness. Another story, he's at UT Austin. Matthew Matthew McConaughey's at UT Austin, and he's realized that the law degree that he's pursuing is not him. Obviously, thank God that he didn't continue to pursue that. Instead, he wanted to act. His dad was paying for his college at the time, and it it was actually a big deal to his dad that he was at college and he was getting his law degree. It was one of those points of pride from a a hometown blue collar worker sending his son off to college to, to to become a lawyer. He's becoming better than him, so he. He was afraid because this gruff, older man that he looked up to, he felt that he wasn't going to support him. And in that phone call, the first words his dad's his dad say, says <laughs> is, is, are you sure you want this? And when he replied yes, he said, well, don't half-ass it then. And in that moment, he validated and empowered Matthew McConaughey. And, and Mr. McConaughey actually says, like this was a turning point for me obviously he, he not only did he switch from law to acting but now he's he's been empowered by his dad's reaction one that he did not expect he said it was the last thing that he expected to come out of his dad's mouth was don't half ass it and i think the beautiful thing here is that you cannot put limits on other people especially when they're in their formative years do not allow yourself to impede other people's progress because you don't think it's possible. Instead, if you if you really love that person, you're supporting them and doing what they want to do. My next point. Just want to read verbatim, page one oh three. And I know I said that I was just gonna draw broad points, but this was a, it was just good and it's short. So we are not here to tolerate our differences. We are here to accept them. We are not here to celebrate our sameness. We are here to salute our distinctions. We are not born into equal circumstances or with equal abilities, but we should have equal opportunity. And as individuals, we unite in our values, celebrate that. I thought this was cool because you learn to celebrate differences. In fact, while in Africa, Matthew McConaughey was sitting with these two men that were having an argument because they saw a Muslim woman who was choosing to be a prostitute. And they were on opposite sides of the, the argument. One was saying that she shouldn't be doing that because that's against Muslim customs. And the other one was saying, she's while she's a woman, she has her own right. This was a little bit ago. And, and I guess in this certain area in Africa, they're a little bit behind the times on empowering women. Um, but Matthew McConaughey thinking I'll, I'll help them on this path to enlightenment said I don't think she should because it's not right to. She's young and she should she has her health and she's jeopardizing that and he was interrupted as he was trying to explain why it wasn't right and the guy said it's not about right or wrong. This argument, this discussion, this debate is about understanding each other and I think that's a, a distinction that he also mentions in that poem is that we we celebrate the distinctness in the way that we arrive at our conclusions. We don't celebrate sameness. And we try to understand each other and we try to support each other doing that. So instead of trying to prove who's right and who's wrong, it's more important that you understand each other. And I think that's something that's not very American at all. Um, and sometimes it can be confusing. In fact, it confused Mr. McConaughey for a while as well. And so it's important, I think to try to understand each other first by understanding the problem or understanding how they're viewing the problem as opposed to, I'm right and here's why. Sixth point, around 2005, 2006, Matthew McConaughey had kind of fallen into being the rom-com main man because he was able to bring a little bit of edge to it and keep the genre fresh, but he was tired of being put in that niche. And so for 22 months, he has two babies, and a significant other that he's trying to support and keep that same lifestyle. But for 22 months, he doesn't accept a single job because the only jobs offered to him are rom cop jobs. And even initially, they were saying they were offering like three and a half million for a certain um, role and he continued to turn it down and it kept going up eight million, 12 million, all the way up to 14 and a half million and he still turned it down. And he didn't see the end in sight. He was actually losing his mind a little bit. And he wasn't getting any offers until he was forgotten. Once he'd become a bit obscure over the course of those 22 months, almost two years, he could be cast in these new types of roles. And that led to The Lincoln Lawyer, um, Killer Joe, The Paperboy, Mud, Bernie, Magic Mike, Dallas Buyers Club, True Detective, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, And then one of my top five favorite films is a result of him holding out like this, um, Interstellar. And none of these that I mentioned are rom-coms. They're all very different roles. And I thought that was cool. And I think it's him becoming obscure, which in Hollywood is a a little bit vapid of a a very topical description, obscure. I mean, you've been an A-list actor for 15 years at this point. It's important to establish... What makes you unique? What makes you valuable? What provides you with things that you can offer to others? And then holding to that. And holding to your ideals. um, Because that's all you've got. In the end, Hollywood's going to forget Matthew McConaughey. Um, No offense to you, Mr. McConaughey. Um, Hundreds of years from now, people are going to forget about that, right? And... What will be remembered is the legacy that he passes down to his children and in turn to their children. That's what's important, is the legacy. And I, I thought that was cool. I thought him going through that hardship, that pain, that doubt, and everything's relative. Him going through that doubt but holding to his morals is says so much about him and it makes me respect him all the more. And I wanted to end it with... A little bit of a quote. As far as my seven points goes, this quote goes as as such. Unimpressed with my success, I was involved in it. Wanting what I needed and needing what I wanted. Making those ends meet. The more successful I became, the more sober I got. I liked my company so much I didn't want to interrupt it. He's finding happiness because he's making the needs and the wants meet, they're one. Um, He's unimpressed with his his success. He's an A-list actor. He has access and placement to where, wherever he wants to go. Uh, and he still chooses to, to to pursue things, new things, exciting things. He's, he's partnered with Long Branch, which is my favorite bourbon right now. Um, he's an ambassador with them. He wrote this book, Green Lights. Uh, he spent months just in solitude writing this book, which was curated from all his journals for the past 35 years, since he was 15 years old. Uh, just really interesting stuff, and I like that he didn't ever settle. There were times throughout where his life where he would become comfortable, and he would force himself to change it all, which is scary. It's a scary thing, but he was growing, and he's experienced just exponential growth because of that. He wouldn't have, he would have still been doing rom coms. Um, something that wouldn't would have fulfilled him. I got this bourbon, this exact same bourbon for my dad. It's called Kentucky Owl. Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Um, about $100 a bottle. So not cheap. But I remember trying the rye when I was out with uh, my uncle many years ago, and I really liked it. <clears throat> we were drinking George T. Stagg Jr. Uh, up neat and I saw the Kentucky Owl, and it was better than the George T. Stag. and I'm sure that's upset a few people if they were to watch this, but thankfully they won't be watching this. Um, so let's see what it's all about. Ooh. Finish sticks with you. Palette is good. Good smooth. Um, Always get the vanilla and caramel. This one I'm still working through. I'm getting like a fruity up front smell on the nose. Which I don't mind at all. I failed to mention, the book Green Lights. It was interesting, and I always like seeing the opposite side of things, because you 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 see the Matthew McConaughey that's portrayed in the films. Again, on Interstellar, he was just magical. Loved his performance there. But seeing this like more raw side of him, this more personal side of him, seeing the actual photocopied versions of his um his journal was just cool. It was like. A, weirdly intimate thing. Like, he's he's offering you this little glimpse into his life. And so I liked that a lot. I think the writing was good. At times, he would wax poetic. That's kind of my phrase right now, wax poetic. And, uh... Yeah, he just tried to get a little bit too artsy with it at times, but then again, he is an artist, so I guess I can't blame him for that. I'm going to give the book... because I respect the man... The storytelling was amazing and cool. Like, just you'd have to read it or listen to it on audiobook, like I've mentioned. I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I think that's like my second best book this year um, behind Early Riser. If you haven't read Early Riser yet, you're watching me for a reason. Early Riser by Jasper Ford, then Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. But as for the bourbon, Smooth but rel- relatively unremarkable. Uh, has that nose of kind of berries and then finishes um, pretty solidly. Has a nice round feel to it. And by that I mean it's, it, it's not punching you in the face. It, it feels good. <clears throat> I'm going to give it a 3.3. 3.3. 3. Kentucky Owl. Green lights, 4. Kentucky Owl, 3.3. 3. But finishing this quick little podcast off with that same chant that I do every time, same motto, up to it, down to it, damn the man that can't do it. I had fun again, guys. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Let me know in the comments how you feel about it, what you want to see next, how you felt about like the shortened version or the different style of remarking on the book and... If you try Kentucky Owl, let me know what you think. If if you agree with my assessment, 3.3, pretty good. Um, Not something that you have to go out of your way to seek. And um, yeah, just keep living. Love you all.